Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Titus. Today is episode 670, and we're looking at Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. Let's read the passage. For there are many rebellious people, full of empty talk and deception, especially those from the circumcision party. It is necessary to silence them. They are ruining entire households by teaching what they shouldn't in order to get money dishonestly. One of their very own prophets said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. For this reason, rebuke them sharply, so that they may be sound in the faith, and may not pay attention to Jewish myths and the commands of people who reject the truth. To the pure, everything is pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. In fact, both their mind and conscience are defiled. They claim to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. This is Paul's letter to Titus. Paul is probably in Corinth, and he is sending this letter to Titus, whom he has left on the island of Crete. Seems that Paul had been there with Titus, and they had done some evangelistic work, and that many people had come to Christ in many towns, and there were fledgling churches in many of these towns, and he's left Titus there to set right what was left undone, which is to work with these young churches to get them grounded and appoint elders in every town. And the outcome of appointing these elders was that they would teach the truth. Verse 10 says, for there are many rebellious people. Well, how many? He doesn't say. And does he mean like many across the entire island of Crete? That's a pretty good-sized island. Or many in every church? He doesn't say. The whole point there is just, there's a lot of people there causing trouble. Rebellious people. Who are they rebelling against? Well, they're rebelling against the teachings of Paul, but Since Paul's teaching the word of God, they're really rebelling against God. He says they're full of empty talk and deception, especially those from the circumcision party. Well, empty talk, that means what they're saying is is meaningless. Deception, meaning they're leading people astray. They're teaching untruths. And because of that, they're leading people astray, especially those from the circumcision party. Well, this is where we got some differences of, of opinion here. What does this mean? Literally, this translates, especially those of the circumcision. And actually, the word gets translated, especially, could mean, that is. That is those of the circumcision. So it could be saying there's these rebellious people, and especially those of the circumcision. Or it could be saying, that is those of the circumcision, meaning, The rebellious people are those of the circumcision. Regardless, the the main group to be concerned with is those of the circumcision. Now, a lot of English translations add party, the circumcision party. Now, what does that mean? There's several places in the New Testament where it talks about those who are of the circumcision. Romans 4.12, he uses that to describe Jews, those of the circumcision, meaning the Jewish people. In Acts 10.45, it's when Paul is 
at Cornelius's house and talks about those with him of the circumcision, meaning the Jewish Christians who were with Paul. In Colossians 4.11, same thing. It's just talking about Jewish Christians. In Acts 11.2, it's used of the Jewish Christians who were opposing Paul and Barnabas, demanding that Gentiles be circumcised. Similarly, in Galatians 2.12, he uses it the same way as Jewish Christians who are demanding that Gentiles be circumcised. So it can be used in a variety of ways to describe people who are just Jewish, or describing Christians who are Jewish, or describing Jewish Christians who are demanding that Gentiles be circumcised. So what's it mean here? It's hard to say. There's no indication that they're really calling for circumcision of Gentiles. I think he's just using it to describe them as Jewish in character. And when he always fights false teachers, it's those within the church. So I think it's a, a good takeaway here to say he's talking about Jewish Christians. There's, there's no indication that they're pushing for circumcision of Gentiles. And the discussion is so similar to the discussion in 1 Timothy. It seems that they're very similar to the false teachers that Paul is charging Timothy to deal with in Ephesus. It talks about their, their deception, their empty talk, their myths and genealogies, their human commandments, their motivation for gain. The descriptions are so similar to the descriptions in 1 Timothy. So I think it's best just to understand them not as Judaizers who are calling for Gentile Christians to follow the Jewish law, including circumcision. I think it's just best to understand them as false teachers of a Jewish nature, similar to the false teachers that Timothy's dealing with in Ephesus. Verse 11, it is necessary to silence them. He didn't say how. In verse 9, in the last session we looked at, he talked about rebuking them. Similarly down verse 13, which we'll get to today, he, he talks about rebuking them. Chapter 3, he talks about warning them and then rejecting them if the warning is unheeded. So deal with it and primarily to oppose them publicly, rebuke them publicly, even reject them publicly if they don't repent. He says they're ruining entire households by teaching what they shouldn't in order to get money dishonestly. So what is it they're teaching that's ruining households? He didn't say specifically, but I wonder if it's similar to the things he did say in 1 Timothy. It's similar issues there. Are they forbidding marriage and demanding the people abstain from certain foods? Well, forbidding marriage would be ruining entire households, messing up people's marriage. And get money dishonestly, well, that would be because they're teaching lies. So if you're teaching things that aren't true, or money. He doesn't say it's wrong to be paid to preach or to teach, but it's dishonest if what you're teaching is false. So the false teachers are getting money dishonestly. Verse 12, one of their very own prophets said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Okay, one of their own prophets. He, he's talking about Ephemenides of Crete, who lived in the 5th or 6th century BC. And this 
is quoted by Aristotle, Plato, Cicero, several early Christian writers. So this guy from Crete said this about people of Crete, that they're always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. So Paul's saying, okay, that's what somebody from Crete said about people from Crete. And then verse 13, this testimony is true. He's not talking that about the people of the churches in Crete. He's saying that that's the, the general feeling about people from Crete. And these false teachers, that is them. They're the poster children for this description of people from Crete. This testimony is true. For this reason, the reason being that they're always liars, rebuke them sharply so that they may be sound in the faith and may not pay attention to Jewish myths and the commands of people who reject the truth. So rebuke them sharply so they may be sound in the faith. So who is he talking about here? Is he talking about the false teachers? Or is he talking about the people of the churches who may be under their influence? You can make a case either way here. I think he's talking rebuke the teachers sharply because they're the liars but that they may be sound in the faith. Is, is he looking for the false teachers to repent, or is he looking to correct the people of the churches in Crete who may be under their influence? He, like I said, you can make a case either way for this. I, I think so that they may be sound in their faith. He's talking more of just the people. Because in verse 14 it says, they may not pay attention to Jewish myths and the commands of people who reject the truth. That would be the false teachers. They're being influenced by the false teachers who are giving them commands. They are rejecting the truth. And here we see again the, the Jewish nature of this. Now verse 15, to the pure, everything is pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. In fact, both their mind and conscience are defiled. What's he talking about here? Well, I think what he's talking about is what the false teachers are pushing. If the false teachers are saying the same things that they're saying in Ephesus, First Timothy talks about, they're rejecting marriage, and they're telling people they must abstain from certain foods. Why? In order to be pure. And so that's the challenge here, because they're rejecting the truth and giving these human commands to do these things in order to be pure. And Paul's saying, that's not what makes you pure. You don't become pure by doing these religious practices, by rejecting marriage and by abstaining from certain foods. That's not what makes you pure. What makes you pure is faith and repentance. God's the one who makes you pure because of your faith. Purity comes through faith and repentance, not religious actions. So if you have faith, you have repented, and you love the Lord, the Lord makes you pure. But if you're an unbeliever, then you can't be pure. There's nothing you can do to make yourself pure. And so I think he's refuting the idea that the false teachers are saying you must do these things in order to be pure. No, nothing will make you pure. Verse 16, they claim to know God, but they deny him by their works. They're detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. So they claim to know God, but back in verse 15, he talked about the unbelieving. To the unbelieving, nothing is pure. So while they 
claim to know God, they really don't. So they claim to know God, but they deny him by their works. So what they are doing shows that their claim is false because they're actually at war against God and they're doing nothing worthwhile. So who are these false teachers? Well, they're probably not like the Judaizers. They're calling for some kind of esoteric practices with these myths and genealogies, asceticism. We talked about that previously, the, the idea that you deny yourself. So you deny marriage, you deny eating certain foods and, and do these practices that will make you pure, the human commands. So that's probably what they're up to and what they're like. But they are from within the church. Paul doesn't denounce false teachers outside the church. Of course, teachers outside the church are false teachers. But he always denounces those who are within the church. And he must deal with it. He tells Timothy to silence them, to rebuke them. Then chapter 3, he'll talk about rejecting them. In order to do this, you need solid teachers. That's why he talked earlier about the need to appoint biblically faithful elders slash overseers. Because a changed gospel is something that's not the gospel. And people need to hear the gospel, not something that's just a religious message. They need to hear the gospel. So what's the takeaway for us? Protect the teaching within the church. Make sure it's biblical, that it's solid. And if it's not, we've got to deal with it. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Titus.